The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Honestly, I wish there was a way for people to like get a live stream of our texts. So that like any time they could log on to a website and just see like like have an API that mimics the the iMessages and they could just scroll through and like see what we've said. We can make it five dollars a month. You can read me and Patrick's texts. That's the that's a twenty dollar month level. You can twenty dollars twenty dollars a month. You can read our texts. We'll send you screenshots. For example. I'm just thinking of something that's happened recently. These smart diapers from Pampers will tell you when the baby needs to be changed. I'm peeing in a bucket. Meanwhile. <laughs> I'm peeing in a bucket. <laughs> Meanwhile, my baby has a diaper that connects to Wi-Fi and tells him the pH balance of his own urine. <laughs> Welcome to The Crunch, the only young, hip, and lay podcast that focuses on guest (laughs) faith sharing, often over drinks. It's your boy, Ethan. And I'm Patrick. (laughs) (laughs) Ethan, we left a huge gap in the podcasting market. We did. What, What was the gap, Patrick? I don't know. I'm not quite sure what the gap is, but we left a big old gap. We left a huge hole. I saw that we article to include hip, young, and lay people in our. Uh, I saw audience. that. I saw that article while I was on the Crunch Twitter, and I thought about retweeting it. I just putting rude. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I might actually do that. You should. I, I think, think it's fun. I think funny. it'd be funny to start a well-natured beef with the Jesuitical podcast for think- for a variety of reasons. One, they have more money than us, so we have nothing to lose. <laughs> I should, this, should I just should I just retweet it with the corn emoji? <laughs> well, people get that. I don't know. I don't know. That. I think it's too far gone. Do the do a red flag emoji. People are still doing red flags, are they not? Are people still doing red? No. The the, the tweet the tweet retweet just, it with a with a Ukrainian flag. Can't go wrong there. No. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe uh, they posted it on their Instagram or their their Twitter. Maybe. We're following them. This is oh, the segment of the podcast where Patrick us. gets lost in a social media thing. Um, of course they're not following us. They don't even know we exist. They, they've been on our podcast. Um, oh, there we, here we go. Jesuitical is filling a gap in the podcasting in the podcasting and parish world. Quote mm-hmm. tweet, rude. And that gap, <laughs> I... Uh... <clears throat> no, the, the, the only reason why I would... The only reason why I wanted to retweet it was because the, of, the, it? of the mentioning... I did. Oh, the, okay. the mention of them filling a gap in... The in the podcasting world, just because I think it's funny because they were started after us, but that's not the point. They started after us, and then the gap in the podcasting world that they defined is literally the place that we occupy in the podcasting world. And also, there's way too many of us. 
the different the, the the podcasting um there is no more there is no more podcasting gap in the year 2020 we saw one million podcasts started yeah, right crazy. there's no more gaps anymore Everybody me and patrick spent like an hour last week looking up on some website like what our podcast score was uh-huh what was it? Do you remember what our score was? No, I do not remember what our it score was. It was probably like 800. And <laughs> out of two. Out of, out of 10. Uh, but there's, it's crazy how many podcasts, like it just, boom, exploded, exploded in 2020. Yeah. How many new podcasts were there in 2016? It was like a thousand or something. Like it wasn't yeah, that many. It was not a lot. And uh, that's when we started our podcast. Should we have hitched our wagon to some, you know, like... Should we have ridden someone's coattails? We did. Who? Everyone's. Well, yeah, but but we didn't. Not to massive fame and success. No, just marginal fame and success. I think we both started this podcast with the idea that either one of us were going to get famous at some point. Yes. And that would be the, the main economic engine of our podcast, would be that one or the other is traveling around the nation you know, gathering, gathering up legions yes. of no. That is that is fans. what that is what we assumed. We assumed, and we did not assume this podcast to be the vehicle of that ascendancy. No, no, we no. did not. We assumed that there would be some other. We assumed that people would meet us on Twitter, think that we were cool, and then the podcast would become. Then the podcast would become big by extension. Yeah. No, I, 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 I didn't realize how important the podcast was until my former boss, who is now a part of the same writers group that I'm a part of in Pittsburgh, nice. was like, yeah. It's it's a it's a big deal. And I was like, what's oh, a big deal? Our show, the podcast, the podcast. No, 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 no. no Who's saying that? A, Some guy a, in a writers group. So like my well, no, he mentioned he he wasn't like yeah, your podcast is like the biggest deal since sliced bread. But he was like, no, what what the, what the crunch did was impressive. Hmm. What we did was impressive. We what started we a podcast do? when we were when we were in college. When we were in college, and this is when I was working. It was one of the guys at the St. Paul Center. So it. He, I used to work for him, and he he congratulated me on the podcast. It was very nice of him to do. He didn't have to do yes. this. Um, I'm not saying he was like Patrick. It's amazing. amazing. You've never. It's revolutionary. You filled a gap that no one else has filled. <laughs> um, no, but like what we did was impressive. And I was talking to. I was. This is what. This is what I was telling. I was talking to a friend about this the other day. I was like, what, trying to reflect on why our podcast was successful, because it was completely by accident. Um, I think it's because we we did non-promotional interviews i think that's a huge reason why our podcast yeah. is so successful non-promotional yeah. interviews with yeah. people that people that catholics that people wanted to hear from when we do promotional interviews it makes my skin feel wrong like it yes. makes me feel like i be, i'm in a different body mm -hmm. and i don't like doing them and i think i think that's good i think that's one of the reasons i think you're one of, i think you're half of the reason why this podcast is so successful so like well yeah I, there's two of us <laughs> i think you're at least <laughs> I'll give that to you. I'll give you either like a you're anywhere between twenty five percent of the reason to fifty percent of the reason why this podcast is so successful. <laughs> oh, Patrick! Oh my goodness! What this, was that? This, not funny? this conversation that we're having, you're half of the reason that it exists. <laughs> it's like yes, you said like an obvious thing. No, we are we are complimentary. You and I, we are like men and women, and you could yeah, you could choose which one you want to be. I want to um, be the boy. I, I want to be the boy. <laughs> I think I think I. I would I would hands down do promotional interviews. If it was yeah. up to me, I'd be like, yeah, let's sell out. I would mm -hmm. I would have been like I'd have been like, hey, I have this cool podcast. Let's make it a brand. Let's sell it to like yeah. I don't know something press, and then let's just make sure. a boatload of cash off the. Because here's of the, you know. here's the thing. I don't know mm -hmm. what I'm doing. I don't have I don't any principles. I, have, I said I that I was gonna 
I was said I was going to unload these thoughts on a Patreon exclusive episode. So maybe we talk about it and I cut it out. But we're here right now in this moment, so and we're recording, and <laughs> yeah. we're not going to get together and record another time. So I'm no, just definitely gonna... not. I have a baby coming, <laughs> dude. Isn't that amazing? Can the baby be on the podcast? Yes, the baby can be on the ten thousand dollars. People are going to think that you like splice something in. No, that was a real. That's a voice noise that I made with my mouth. Um, when's the baby due? How many more weeks? April is April twenty fourth. How many weeks is Phoebe right now? 36 36 35 35 okay 35 that's great that's that's viable if the baby emma always tells me she's a 36 weeks is basically full term and uh, a lot of women don't know this because 36 weeks you born you're not going to the NICU you might like stop in for a day and then come back you know but like you're good to go so that's awesome yes wow that's so exciting it's huge any day now (sighs) dang Oh, it's gonna be so Any day now, I can just podcast. get a random two-week vacation. Yeah, do you get you get two weeks paternity leave? Two weeks paternity leave. So I have to plan the podcast for two weeks? I mean, yeah. <laughs> we should not, not have burned our one-in-the-can episode. <laughs> no, but I, I I really needed it last week. It was it was rough. Yeah. Um, things are things are wild. Here's what I want to say about podcasts before I forget. You ready to start the show? <laughs> Yeah, what's the thing that you wrote down? Okay, so now that we've had that little tangent, I was at Target. You're welcome. I needed it. It's really good. I've been waiting to hear your opinions on this. Yeah. Turn into patreon.com slash the crunch. That's the other thing we do. We do we do Patreon plugs ironically. Um We do. <laughs> I never check it. I don't know who's don't on who's on it. I don't know how much money we make. They're just <laughs> no really clue. nice and they give us money. Um yeah. anyway. Thank you for supporting my kid. Speaking of my kid. Uh, we were at Target uh, fill, uh, buying all the items that we didn't get on our baby registry. By the way, we'll put their baby registry. I'm just kidding. We're not going to do Link that. below. Actually, I think people might. Uh... People might do that. You could put the baby registry in there. I'll back. put the baby registry. Okay. That, that's have, I, have you sent me the baby registry? Just like as a. Is no. it on a. It's on baby list. Oh. Well, I would like to buy you. Can I get you something? Sure. Maybe like a. I don't know. A onesie? A nice cold one. Oh. Not a cold What one. size are you for the onesie? Uh, well, he, they grow, so I don't no, know. No, 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 no. What size are you for the ones? <laughs> I think just a large. <laughs> Got it. Um, so I found this thing called the Shusher. I was at Target, and they had those like little noisemakers, like the little noise machines for babies. And babies yeah. like noise because the the womb is very noisy. So a lot mm-hmm. of like is that why they scream around. all the time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They like noise. They 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 don't like quiet. And so you're supposed to get them a noisemaker, and they have this noisemaker at Target called the Shusher, where you just turn it and it starts going, and the noisemaker goes like this. I listened to it and I was like, babe, this sounds like we're going to get murdered. Yeah. Like, that's what this sounds like. I would not be able to sleep with that. That would that would be awful. So we're gonna get one of those noisemakers they have in confessionals. Huh. That was the well, thing. That's good. Well, that's exciting. I wrote Shusher on the. I was I was worried. Note. I didn't know. I didn't know if you were actually gonna get murdered. I'm glad that you're alive. <laughs> Who knows? Speaking of murder, let's get into Pittsburgh news. Speaking of murder, let's get into Pittsburgh news. I'm pulling up. Uh. Uh. No, you don't need to pull yours up. I got I'm not pulling. Well, I'm pulling up something for the for the topic. Oh, okay. That I can't seem to find. Do you want to play but the Pittsburgh News Bumper? Play the Pittsburgh News Bumper. 
Police say a male victim was shot in both legs in an 11th floor apartment on Sandwich Street. People that live inside there were stunned to hear the news. I can't recall like one single incident besides like an alarm going off or like, you know, like a dog. Getting a potato chip bag stuck on its head. She reportedly suffered a broken arm and lacerations from the deployed airbag. Her parrot was fine. Angel told officials laws are arbitrary. Thank you, Regan, for the bumper. Someone else sent me a bumper to um, one of my household brothers from Franciscan. It was very good, but unfortunately, Regan's was very good. Very good, so. yes. So we kind of went with that one. Sorry. Um, Patrick, you are in charge of the Pittsburgh News. For so I, I have a Pittsburgh News that I have been I have known about for a while. Oh. But a did s- not did not think of as news, but it is indeed news. <laughs> It's news for people who don't live in Pittsburgh, like yourself. Yes. So uh, this uh, this news story, I'm sorry. Um, this news story comes from uh, the I don't know what newspaper this is, but you got to read it. it. That's it, important. That's important part of the bit. The new it comes from the let's say the Pittsburgh Post Gazette. You just made that up. The nope. That, that's a real. That's a real. <laughs> that's a real. Uh, <laughs> okay. The anyway. Pittsburgh Post Gazette. The Pittsburgh Post Gazette. Uh, from 1936. Oh, okay. So I'll read it in a 1936 news voice. An explosion which rocked the Penn Avenue Produce District earlier today ripened. Anyway, no, I'm not going to. You do can't. That. You can't abandon the joke. No, in the I middle. can't. No one's going to understand. It's a very long article. An okay. explosion which rocked the Penn Avenue Produce District earlier today uh, ripped out the end of one building, shattered windows and half a dozen others, and buried a worker, a workman, under a pile of debris. The workman, Peter Kavanick, 24, was Mm, covered by bricks, splintered wood, and bunches of bananas (gasps) for almost a half hour before rescuers (laughs) freed him. Good thing he had plenty to eat while he was stuck (laughs) there. He escaped serious injury. Uh, Loss to... I like how they put that in there. He escaped serious injuries. Like, yeah, yeah, I guess that's true. Um, You think that when the bananas were were on top of a man who had fallen down, they were like, ah, finally, (laughs) the shoe's on the other foot. We have a joke. (laughs) Um, He finally uh, lost to the building at 2121 Smallman Street, which housed the Pittsburgh Banana Company, was estimated at $30,000 in damage, and the stock was totaled to $20,000 in damage. This is... So in for inflate, I already looked up the inflation. You already did it. Okay, I already did it. That is half a million dollars. <laughs> That's a damage. lot of manners. That's amazing. <laughs> oh my uh, goodness! Police and firemen believe the explosion was caused by an accumulation of gas. After uh-huh. taking the following statement from Kavanick, uh, I went into one of the aging. Uh, I went into one of the aging rooms to turn off the gas stoves, which furnish heat to ripen the bananas. I turned on an electric switch to operate a fan, and that, and then the next thing I knew, I was 15 feet away from where I was standing originally. The Are spark- we sure that it was the gas from this thing and not the gas resulting from all these workers eating all the bananas all the time? <laughs> a spark from the switch probably ignited accumulated gas from the stoves. Uh, the line leading to an ammonia tank was broken, um, still conscious, and only slight... Uh, the roar from the explosion brought firemen... From the number seven engine company to the scene, they heard Kavanick screams for help and found him covered except for his head by debris. Still conscious, only <laughs> slightly injured. Out. Still constantly slightly injured. Kavanick watched the firemen shovel away the wreckage. Uh, the banana stock was destroyed. Um, anyway, so the newspaper didn't say this. Okay. This is from a this is from a, a Tumblr blog called uh, Pit Archives. Okay. Okay. You might need to send me that link. These two photos. There's two photos. One representing before. One representing after. Thirty years apart. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so like what the what the street looked like before and what it looks like after what it looked like after is largely what it looks like now um this is on this is on smallman street which mm-hmm. is where saint stanislaus church is oh uh, i've been there it's very beautiful this is where i heard of the story because the top of the church was blown off oh. by the banana explosion wow yeah sorry the reason why i call it a banana explosion is because of this um what was the cause of the blast one idea was that it was likely the result of a business practice of the banana company controlled ripening. The company had a ripening room to allow for bananas to be rump- ripened on the company's timetable. The bananas were kept at the ripening temperature with gas heaters, and ripening bananas produce an ethylene gas, which is flammable. Oh. So the spark set off the accumulation of gas in the room, the banana gas. So the bananas right. exploded. <laughs> so the banana gas. It was an exploding banana. That was what happened. That's crazy. Isn't that funny? That's so sad. It is sad, but the top of all the- those all those nanners just strewn across the city. The whole city. You, the, Actually, the that wouldn't US be that bad. No, you imagine w- waking up one day. Boom! I wonder what that was. <laughs> Just bananas on your front lawn. That's actually why all the bridges in Pittsburgh are yellow. It's because of the banana stains. <laughs> that's not true. All the okay, bridges in Pittsburgh are yellow, though. Gotcha. Um, no, it's uh, it's uh, the the top the, the steeple of the tower, like the the top little belt, the dome thing sure. on the top of Saint Stanislaus Tower, were blown off, and so they had to replace it, them with new. Did ones. it kill anyone? Where did it go? No, it didn't kill anyone. It, it was, was a, the wee hours of the morning. It was a supersonic missile. Oh, it was from the Pittsburgh Press. That's where the newspaper Pittsburgh was. Press, the PP. Yes. Yep. Lone worker in warehouse covered with debris for half hour. <laughs> How did they know that? This was before they had he clocks. He was like, I've been here for... Yeah, this is before they had <laughs> clocks. Before they had clocks in 1936, Ethan. That's why all the wars took so long. Yeah, they were like, they well, just... how long have we been here? About 30 minutes? I don't know, 30 minutes, a yeah. couple days. A couple days. Could be anything. I don't know why they used... Never mind. Say it. I don't know why, <laughs> I don't know why they didn't rely on banana power during the Second World War once they had this ingenious discovery, you know? Yeah, I don't know. What have we been doing? Because I'm hearing a lot of things coming out of the press these days about petroleum. Sure. And I'm just wondering... Why don't we just ripen bananas in our cars? Why don't we just ethylene, ethylene our way into the future? Why don't we just... How about this, Patrick? Why don't we split from petroleum uh-huh. and peel off some renewable energy? Sure, renewable energy is sure is appealing. There you go. Uh-huh, it's appealing. It's good. My my big takeaway from this is that ripening bananas emit a flammable gas. <laughs> <laughs> is that true? Does the same gas get emitted in your kitchen when you like buy bananas because you think you're gonna eat the bananas and then they sit there and then they turn brown and you're like oh frick i never ate those bananas this is why there's always those fruit flies flying around and they're catching fire that must be why (laughs) (laughs) interesting well that's a that's a bummer yeah bummer for that guy peter kravanek where do you where do you think he is now can you google him oh no uh peter kravanek i don't know it sounds like a pretty pretty common name to me peter kravanek how do you spell kravanek that's a bummer there's not much on this guy (laughs) We we don't got much on him he doesn't, have a Twitter? Anything on him. he doesn't have a Twitter. Kavnanek is... Is the Kavnanek line dis- gone? It's gone. It's dead? It's gone. He was a veteran, which makes sense because it wasn't... Oh. He was only 24 in the 30s, which means if he was a veteran, that means he fought in World War One. He probably fought he was, in World War Two When he was six? <laughs> uh, I don't think... He could, he could have been fighting in World War Two in 1936 at the age of 24. No. Maybe he got drafted right after this. 
Maybe. And like went over there. No, he was probably a he. He, he was a veteran. Or he wasn't a veteran when this happened. He was a oh, veteran. Oh, I thought you were saying. No, he's in the veteran. <laughs> he's in the veteran files. The veteran files. He's a. It's a veteran burial card. Maybe they. Maybe they considered him to be a veteran because of the banana explosion. <laughs> um. No. Okay, the war uh, on fruit. The war on fruit. Potential photos and documents for Peter Charles Kavnanek. Man, Ancestry.com is wild. We know that Peter C. Kavnanek was residing. We know they know nothing except for when he was born and how many kids he had. But I know that he was involved in a banana explosion. <laughs> they should add that. They should add that. It's one of the most important things that happened in the 20th century. What else happened? Huh? What else happened in the 30s? In the 30s? Nothing. Not much. Not much. Not the much. Dust Bowl. Yeah. In Kansas and Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. The Great Depression and also World War II started. So speaking of World War II, this this ties in. We're gonna we're gonna do a. This topic is gonna be it's gonna be broad ranging and wide reaching. Good. Hey, thank you for listening to this episode of the Crunch. Sorry to interrupt what I'm sure is a stimulating intellectual conversation, but I wanted to pause the episode real quick to let you hear from some of our sponsors. We will be back right after this. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Check out our great selection of garage and utility lighting options in stock, ready to take home today. We carry everything to help you illuminate whatever project you're working on. Shop garage and utility lighting products in store at your nearest Menards. You can also view all of our entire selection of lighting options today on Menards.com. Save big money at I need you to hit me with a crunch on that theme okay, fine. song. Oh. oh, my ears are hurting because I've been wearing headphones all day. But I'll use them because I got to listen to Ethan say it's time to crunch on that. There we go. I was thinking you'd go with Crunch Tree Roads, Take Me Home. Crunch Tree Roads. <laughs> <laughs> um. This is a thread that uh-huh. I found on Twitter.com. <clears throat> in 1955, President Dwight D. Eisenhower suffered a massive Who? heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> Never heard of him. Never heard of him. <laughs> in 1955, President Dwight D. Eisenhower suffered a massive heart attack while playing golf. What happened next brought on the biggest obesity epidemic the world has ever seen. The biggest obesity epidemic? The world has ever seen. Oh. The biggest well, obesity point- epidemic the world has ever seen. Never mind. <laughs> that's, that's pretty easy. Since, since your mom. <laughs> While playing golf in Colorado, President Eisenhower felt like he was experiencing strong indigestion. Throughout the day, his indigestion continued to worsen, and his family worried that something was seriously wrong. Ike was rushed to the hospital for a diagnosis. At Fitzsimmons Army Medical Center, Ike's indigestion was declared a heart attack. Whoa. The president was out of the Oval Office for a total of 10 days. Did you know this? No. The stock market plummeted and lost $14 billion in value. This was the worst day for markets since the start of World War II. 
Heart attacks were becoming increasingly common amongst middle-aged American men, and nobody could figure out why. The nation was in shock, and the public was desperate for answers. It is important Definitely to know, wasn't like, you know, cigarettes or drinking yeah, or factory anything. farming. <laughs> it is. I think you, you hit on it on that third one. We'll yeah. see. I think that's what we're talking about today. It is important to note that in the 50s and 60s, cigarette consumption was the highest it's ever been. Eisenhower himself was smoking upwards of four packs of cigarettes per day. What could it have been? Ansel Keys. Ansel Keys, a University of Minnesota pathologist, vehemently insisted he had the answer. He believed that there was a strong correlation between the consumption of saturated animal fat and the increased occurrences of heart attacks at the time. Keyes believed that saturated fat increased LDL cholesterol, also known as the bad cholesterol. <laughs> when bad cholesterol levels got too high, arteries became encased in plaque, which resulted in heart attacks. This famously became known as the Keyes diet heart hypothesis. Meanwhile, we have been eating butter and saturated fat for thousands of years. Keyes started blaming ancient foods for what modern lifestyle choices were causing, cigarette smoking and alcohol consumption. Again, Patrick is just... You're on it. I'm just You're knocking on it, it out of the park, yeah. Knocking it out of the park. To support this, Keyes organized a study of saturated fat consumption amongst various countries around the world to prove if there was a correlation to heart disease. Keyes strategically chose six countries to study, U.S., Canada, Australia, England and Wales, Italy, and Japan. But when you look at the graph, and I'll put this graph in the description, link in description, it looks like there's an exact linear correlation between saturated fat and heart disease. But what if I told you there weren't just six countries, but 22 instead? Keys cherry-picked six countries that would show a perfect correlation between saturated fat consumption and heart disease-related deaths. When you plug in the other 15 countries, there's no correlation at all. Fun. Keys knew it was a hypothesis and cherry-picked his data. Uh, the public did not know this because the six countries shown on the graph were only published countries uh, released during the study. Uh, Keys recommended that a diet low in saturated fat would be what we should do. So Eisenhower started doing this, and cholesterol became the boogeyman almost overnight. Uh, I'm going to keep going, keep going. Keys had a fiery personality and was willing to argue with anyone, anytime, anywhere. Reminds me of no one that I know or Who, am. me? <laughs> he was also able to maneuver his way onto the board of the American Heart Association. And I did not read this. This is the first time I'm reading this thread. I just saw the first tweet and I knew it would be good. Uh-huh. This is crazy because it combines. You remember when I was going to talk about industrial seed oils like six weeks ago? Sure. <laughs> it's all fits together, baby. So... In 1961, the American Heart Association came out with the first advice ever to cut back on saturated fat to prevent heart attacks. Up until this point, America's consumed almost 50% of their calories from fat and were relatively slim. There's not a lot of obesity Mm -hmm. in in that time. The sugar industry also did not want to be blamed for heart disease. Uh, In 1965, the sugar industry paid off Harvard researchers to produce two articles to exonerate sugar and blame saturated fat for cardiovascular disease. To seal the deal, in 1977, a Senate committee recommended the low-fat diet to the nation. Their argument was, we cannot afford to wait for evidence on saturated fat. Guilty until proven innocent. This reminds me, just to do a little sidebar, did you see the CDC director was talking about the vaccine and like was doing a retrospect just like last month and was like, yeah, I got to admit that we were all just really excited about the vaccine and you know there wasn't as much evidence for the 95% efficiency as we had, as we had thought. Wow. And I was like... I thought it was all about the science. No, no, no. I could talk about this. I've been reading a book. Oh, my gosh. Okay. We can stay in this lane for a second. Then I want to go back to the saturated fat. Um, we, modernity is characterized by separating science and culture. We try to purify science. We try to be like, this is pure science. This is pure culture. So, like, 
um, we think of, you know, we think of scientific studies as purely scientific. They happen in a laboratory. And we think of politics as, you know, purely cultural. It happens in a, mm-hmm. in a Senate mm-hmm. floor. But I don't think anyone, I don't, I think people understand that science is manipulated and moved by cultural forces. That doesn't make it wrong. Mm-hmm. But the problem is we ignore those sources and we say things like focus on the science as if that is like the the end all be all as if science actually if we could actually you know get this this um this completely objective view of the world and by 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 convincing ourselves that we are completely objective in our view of science we actually proliferate the combination of science and of nature and culture yes so by separating the two things we ignore the fact that science and culture is constantly like mixed in different entities like non-human mm-hmm. entities like cell phones and um, and are like like cell phones and like you know, just media hormone therapy general. clinics. You know these yeah. are these are hybrid between these are both na- natural and cultural. The very things you decide to study have to do with your cultural stance. I don't know. Anyway, yeah, I think I I don't think what you're saying is is um is wrong. I also don't think that it's it's uh I think it's part of the, it's baked into the system. It is where it's 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 more like what we were talking about. A couple weeks ago, I guess last week for the audience, um, that like narrative is more important than like the physical thing because the narrative can be controlled and maneuvered and changed, whereas evidence, hard facts can cannot be. And it's like, why would you risk if you were in control of all the data? Why would you risk being wrong with like presenting something that was actually evidence and true and was against the narrative you wanted rather than like pushing a narrative? to like fit your needs in the moment and then just slowly changing it over time. Yeah. seems like a way better uh, solution to the problem. And it's easy to justify it because they're not doing it on purpose. They're just like, no, I don't think anyone's just, being manipulative. No, I think they're really just trying to do their best and they don't realize that what they're doing is horrendously wrong. This is where Dr. Jones and I differ. Cause he thinks there are, there, he thinks he, he thinks that there are people at the, at the very top who are like, yeah, we're doing this on purpose. I don't think there are. I, I think, think there's pe- at least one guy. You think there's at least one dude. Klaus Schwab. Tyrants, tyrants are victims of their own tyranny. They're victims of their own social order. They become slaves. Xi to it. Jinping knows what he's doing. I, I don't even think he does. I don't think any of them do. I don't think any of them know what they're doing. I think all. I think everyone down to the down to the last kid has drunk the Kool Aid of 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 liberal capitalist democracy. I think every single one of us uh, in the in the West, like in the West. I think every single. I think I think every single Putin. person believes the BS. That they're selling. Um, yeah. yeah. Putin knows what he's doing. Can we all agree? He's like, yeah, I'm going to invade that thing because I don't like those other people and I don't really care who dies. I'm good with it. You know? No, here, here's, here's, what, here's what I mean. It's imagine a man who amasses a bunch of power and he uses that power to manipulate women sexually, right? And oh. have his way with them. Okay. Okay. Eventually, see, he's exerting power over them. Yes. And they have to do whatever he says. There comes a point where he eventually becomes a slave of his own lust, and now they have power over him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, like the this is this is how tyranny works: is you exert power over a people, you exert mm-hmm. power over it, you change a narrative, and you think you're doing something powerful, you think you're doing something really good for yourself, but eventually you become a slave to that narrative. Yes. You have to buy what you're selling, otherwise, you're gonna you're gonna lose all the things you built. Exactly, sin is incoherent. Right. Yes. So I think the sure the the pe- people understand what they're doing in in insofar as they're like, oh crap, I'm too far, I can't, 
I can't, I can't go back. I can't go back. I can't right, undo because this. I have so much invested. It's like the classic tale of like the, not maybe not classic, but it's like if a priest to make it more Catholic, somewhat more understandable. If a priest loses his faith and he's in his sixties, he's not going to leave the priesthood. It's too you far. Because he's, he's too far in. He's, he's too far in. And so just like for all the reasons that we could understand why a priest who loses his faith or is like questioning his priesthood would not leave the institution of the church. It's like the same people build up these kinds of institutions, quote unquote, around themselves all the time where it's like they don't think consciously every single day. Like, I don't agree with what I'm doing. It's just like, well, I've been doing this for so long and I got to go to the next thing. And where else would I go? Like, they don't have time to stop and think about it. So anyway, I'm almost done with this thread. And then we can we can talk about the thing. So. Uh, so they're talking about reducing. Uh, uh, we cannot afford to wait for evidence on saturated fat. Right. Which is just crazy. Uh, by 1980, the first U.S. dietary guidelines were released and the campaign against fat officially began. The war on fat began in 1980. Uh, they recommended 7 to 11 servings of bread every day and 50% of your calories coming from carbs. Saturated fat consumption was decimated to 10%, which used to be, saturated fat used to be 50%. So they kind of flip-flopped carbs and, and, uh, fat, and fats. Yeah. yeah. So what did we do when we took the fat out of our food? We supplemented with sugar and vegetable oils that were fat-free, quote-unquote. Uh, making companies spend millions convincing consumers that sugar and vegetable oils were low fat and therefore healthier, which is just not true. Uh, and the American Heart Association was done on the thing. They were paying off companies so they could get the little, you know, America AHA check, you know, like you have in the box mm -hmm. of Cheerios. Um, and so there, these people are all making money convincing people like, oh, yeah, you got to reduce all these things. And they're getting paid off by the by the oil companies. It's crazy. Um, Americans obediently listened and cut back on red meat, whole milk, eggs and butter. The result, some of the highest obesity rates that the world has ever seen. Currently in America, these are just stats for right now, 70% of adults are overweight or obese, 10% of all people are diabetic, 96 million adults are pre-diabetic, 7 out of 10 modern deaths are chronic diseases largely preventable by diet and lifestyle changes, which is kind of nuts. Americans consume over 130 pounds of sugar per year. <laughs> uh. I mean, Just the problem imagine. which it's like it, it, the problem is not, oh, this what causes the obesity, what's bad for your heart, what's good for your heart. Listen, your heart's going to crap out eventually. It's called mortality. Yeah. The, the thing about sugar is that it is purely mm -hmm. pleasurable. Yes. There is nothing valuable about so refined you sugar. About, you thought about how good it is, though. It's like there's nothing like, there's nothing valuable about refined sugar. You know yes. what I mean? Yes. Uh, let's see here. So the last things here, da, 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 you are the CEO of your own health, whatever, whatever. I don't really care about all that. So this is connected with the industrial seed oil problem, which is basically the way that seed oils got into everything. You know how seed oils are made? No. So this is going to sound this is going to sound super red pill, and I apologize for anybody who's like suspicious of these kinds of things. I'm not trying to be like a health nut or whatever. I'm just anytime there's a conspiracy theory about things that turns out to be true, I'm like, yes, I'm, I'm like, oh no. Uh, so. It used to be the, um, the classical liberal project. This, this is actually conspiracy. Anyway, exactly. This is actually relevant to Pittsburgh news and, and Pennsylvania because, you know, the Procter and Gamble, they were started in uh, Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. You know this. And before in the before times, I don't remember the exact year Lincoln description for this article that I'm referencing in the before times, all of the, the corn oil that was produced mm -hmm. uh, was, was used for like lanterns and such, you know, and like that's how you guys lit your lamps up there in Pennsylvania. It was like this oil that was made from plants, and that's all that it was used mm -hmm. for. Light bulb gets invented, and 
You want to go see Minions for the Rise of Gru Light this summer bulb. with me? <laughs> yes, of course I do. It's okay, very excited. It's been pushed back two years since COVID. Uh, that's excited. awful. I'm glad that they did that to make sure they can maximize the enjoyment that people get from that movie. Yes. yes. Um, yeah, we'll go. We'll go to. Uh, we'll. You'll come up for the new Polity Conference a day early, so we yes. can go see the Maker Woodshop that they have. We'll after that we'll go catch a matinee of matinee of. <laughs> we'll tell them, hey, we're about Minions, to go do the least the post-liberal thing. We're about to go see the sequel of a sequel of a sequel. A sequel. <laughs> Of the it's minions. In, and the minions. <laughs> I think it'd be so funny to ironically go see the minions movie. Either that or Avatar 2. One of the, one what of sucks is that we can't even go to a movie theater in Steubenville and support a local business because the local movie theater closed down. <laughs> no. Yes. That's so sad. So, okay. So they're using the cornhole. Electricity comes along. Procter & Gamble got all this oil on their hands. They're like, frick, what do we do with this? They realize... Put it in bodies. They realize that if they um, combined it with petroleum, that thing that we've been talking about in the economy... Mm-hmm. If you combine it with petroleum and you superheat it, uh, then it turns into this kind of hydrogenated, you know, lump of something that somewhat resembles lard, you know, or or uh, sure. butter and these kinds of things. And they created this, and you would probably recognize the name. It's called Crisco, is what they made. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is what people don't realize: is that Crisco is literally just like seed oil. Which is not the seed oil in and of itself is not bad, but the way that seed oils are put in everything is that they are combined with petroleum and then superheated, and it creates these like crazy chemicals mm-hmm. that create all these kinds of bad acids that result in inflammation inside your body, and that's like when people say vegetable oils, that's what these are. It's like oils that are pressed from corn or soybean or whatever, combined with petroleum and superheated. It's like literally engine lubricant. Basically, it's like this is why everyone's like, oh, it's so cool. These guys invented a car that runs on vegetable oil. And like nobody ever thought to think like, why is that car running on vegetable oil? It's because it's literally, <laughs> literally made it's from gas. petroleum. It's gas. Yeah. And it you know is what, in, you know what 10% in, ethanol anything. means in your, <laughs> it means there's corn in there. It means there's 10% corn oil. And if you yeah. look on the back of any food that you get at the store, the number one ingredient is high fructose like, corn syrup, high fructose corn syrup. And then the next one is soybean oil. Or enriched wheat flour and then corn oil. Or well, it's like because it's, just... it's because we have so much corn and soy, so much corn and soy everywhere. Mm-hmm. We don't even know what to do with it. We're like feeding mm-hmm. it to animals. We're just like yes. putting it everywhere because like we're paying people to not grow it. So this connects to the original tweet that I saw. Which we could run our me, cars on it. Which stumbled me onto that other thread that I read. It says, why do French women not get fat when they eat homemade bread, cooked meats, cheese and don't do any intense exercise except for walking it's almost as if eating saturated fat at homemade bread isn't bad for you and you don't need to do a spin class in a sauna every day to stay in shape so that's the tweet that i saw and i was like yes that's the vibe because i think we think about processed foods as like this thing that's like oh yeah this is bad for me but like i can have a little bit of it i have a little bit of it which is i'm not going to say that you shouldn't like every now and then you know, I, I go to Chick-fil-A. I get some Chick-fil-A sauce. You know what the number one ingredient in Chick-fil-A sauce is? It's soybean oil. oil. Yeah. It's a bummer. But they have the little sign that says Chick-fil-A sauce was invented and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, no, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. Some guy combined ketchup, mustard, and mayonnaise and made a thing. And then, <laughs> then they they went into a factory and they figured out the chemical composition of freaking Chick-fil-A sauce and they made it in a factory. Come yes. on. We've so, all seen Breaking Bad. That's how sauce gets made. Have you listened to the new polity podcast about farming? Yes. The ones that have come out recently. Mm-hmm. So this is this plus like these other things that I've been reading and learning about, plus the fact that the price of wheat is the highest it's been in three decades. Um, it's making me think about how there seems to be like not a very strong um, 
like anybody who talks about health and talks about how like there are big companies who are who like actively don't care about your health and are actively contributing to things like obesity and heart disease and birth defects. Like whenever you say things like that, people are like, oh, it's whatever. Like why do you understand this better than I do? Like why is there such a, and it's connected with what you're saying earlier. There's such like an innate trust of like, oh, this thing is on the supermarket shelves. It passes the FDA, whatever that is. So therefore, like if I eat it, it must be good for me. And we have a responsibility, especially for like, families you know feeding your family feeding yourself having the right energy to be able to go out and work like it's a very uh i don't think we address the sin of gluttony seriously enough and realize like just how ingrained it is and how okay it is to just like eat a sleeve of oreos it's like they're designed to taste really freaking good but like actually you're not supposed to have things that taste that good all the time. You're not supposed to have things that taste that good. At all. No. Oreos shouldn't exist ontologically. No, in the same, yes. In, for the <laughs> same exact reason why cell phones should not exist, Oreos yeah. should not exist. Change yes. my mind. Like, I, for, no, I agree with For you. the same reason, like, and, and this, what, this is my point earlier, like modernity tries to separate yes. culture and nature. And so we have, yes. this, we have this separation of like, oh, well, the food we eat is just natural. It's just American culture. But it's culture. quite literally not natural. It's not yeah. nature. It's a hybrid. It's a hybrid. It's a combination Ugh. of nature. And this is what this is, uh, I was reading. We've never been modern by Bruno Latour. My my professor, Doctor Jones, was like, he was like, I don't understand hybrids because I was like, hybrids are a combination of nature and culture. And so Bruno Latour's point is like, modernity tries to separate the two things. It's like north and south. Like it's two poles that can never meet. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And he's and he's like, well, but in real reality is made up of hybrids that are actually combinations of nature and culture. They're both nature and culture. You can't really, you can't really separate them. And he's like, "Well, what is a house? It's a combination of like wood and grass and you know bricks and and it's mm-hmm. cultural." Yeah, I was like, "Yeah, I think that's true. I think that's true. Um, it is a hybrid. It is a hybrid." But the problem is, uh, um, we separate it some. We like put it somewhere. Like har- uh, warehouses are placed is like. The art, the layout of our infrastructure is is shoved over to culture, and then the way our mm-hmm. houses are built is shoved over to nature, and mm-hmm. we proliferate things like smart houses and suburbs and cul-de-sacs or uh. or brutalist uh, apartment buildings that are like uh. just you know we don't we don't we don't recognize these things as hybrids, mm-hmm. and so we don't recognize their cultural and natural implications. Similarly, right, the people who it's. The people who make high fructose corn syrup, they've discovered high fructose corn syrup. They're like, it's sweeter than sugar. It's cheaper than sugar. Let's put it in everything. Let's mm. put it in everything. Everything. Um, it's why it's why uh, McDonald's refills on soda are free. It's because it's so dummy cheap. And it makes you hungrier because it spikes your blood sugar and brings it back down. And that makes a you hungrier. A $2 soda at McDonald's nets them like a... 175 percent profit yeah and like th- it's the fact that every drink at mcdonald's is a dollar now should show you how yeah. nothing a drink is yes yeah They're, you're paying for the plastic and the paper of the cup more than the syrup the ice you know is probably more expensive than the syrup yeah drinks are drinks are the thing that makes people money at restaurants but anyway gosh and and movie theaters you ever go to a movie theater you're like i'd like a large sprite please and they're like, you don't need to order the Sprite. They have one of those really crappy rotate a soda machines over there. And it's like, great. I would like you to 
develop a machine that just does Sprite, please. And they say, okay. And then they get me the Sprite. Seven dollars. It's crazy. Seven dollars. The movie theater industry is fine. Now everyone's worried about it. They're going to be okay because they're charging me seven dollars for a Sprite and I'm paying for it because I want a Sprite during the Batman. <laughs> anyway. Oh, you bought a Sprite during the Batman? No, I didn't. I chose not to get a drink at the Batman because I knew that I would have to pee in the middle, and so I dehydrated myself that day. Wow. Uh, you really prepared. Do you know what I did it. the last time I went to see a movie? What did you do? I, uh, I had a, I had a uh, drink with oh. me, Oh. and I had my ticket already bought. I walked up to uh-huh. the place. I scanned my ticket with my drink in my hand, and I just walked in. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, they don't... Um, they don't stop you. The uh, they don't stop you because they are making seven dollars. Right. They don't care enough. There's, you can do you can do anything in a movie theater. Um, the I love what you're saying about this, like the hybrid idea between nature and culture, because it feels like we've forgotten. Like in some cases. Like I'm talking about our bodies, right? In some cases, we're all about the nature. Like you got to exercise. You got to be fit. You got to be healthy. Play 60 on Cartoon Network. Uh-huh. Get outside and play. Remember when they would turn off the channel for an hour to make you go outside and play? And you just like flip it over to Nick? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what a waste of time. They're like, let's all do play 60 at different times so the kids play for three hours. It's like, oh, that's a genius idea. Whoa. Oh, they're so smart. All these ads about you got to get up, you got to get out. It's Peloton. funny. What's, what's funny about modernity is that it solves problems that it caused. Yeah. We got to get these kids to play. <laughs> What are they doing instead of playing? Oh, they're on TV. Okay, let's have the TV TV tell them to play. It's like TikTok telling you to stop scrolling. It's like you've caused this problem very clearly. This is what Mark Barnes was talking about in that podcast. About gender. No, it was on the farming one. It's like modernism only knows how to solve problems with more technology. Yes. Like like there's a technological problem or a bureaucratic problem. Yeah. Like my, the only my, solution my, is more technology or yeah, more bureaucracy. One of my friends was like, one of my friends said, we figured out how to like make a spaceship that like f- we can like farm on the spaceship. I was like, no way. What if instead we farmed the Earth? <laughs> yeah, that's already here. <laughs> yes. What if instead of farming in space, we like farmed yeah. in Africa with seeds that aren't like terminated when right. they're you know. The other thing they were talking about, like the lab-grown meat thing. It's like they figured out how to grow meat in the lab. That's awesome. Why why does so much meat get thrown away? Like yeah. why, let's let's walk it back. So these are all like there are a lot of things that are just bigger problems that we can't possibly solve. I don't want to eat the meat that's grown in the lab. I don't want to eat the meat that's grown in the lab. I do want to drink the Mars water though. Like let me ship that back to me. That is one solution that technology can provide me is it can bring me back some Mars water. That's what drink. that's what the rich will be drinking in the dystopian post post the, the real post liberal future the rich will be just drinking mars water shipped back on spaceships that are fueled by it's, it's terrifying <laughs> the fueled by seed want, oil <laughs> i just want people to not <sighs> i want people to live a more human life i want yes thank you this is this and is I, this has been my battle cry ever since i found out phoebe was pregnant i was like i am afraid of this yeah. Because I am not human enough enough to yes, realize that this too. is the natural course, you know? Yes. Like I'm afraid of this because I'm not human enough. I I'm I'm the Rousseauian liberalized man where I want like mm-hmm. my my perfect autonomy because I think that'll bring me the most happiness, but it's not. Mm-hmm. It's not. 
And I would like to be a noble savage, but please also, can I have a little World of Warcraft with my noble savagery yeah. to play when I get bored? Thank right. you. And it's like, I want, um, when you say this, if you, mm-hmm. uh, liberalism cannot handle non-liberalism. Correct. And if you say, if you say this to a person, if you say, um, no, at, at, if you're married and you get, you're having a kid that's the good that's natural you're supposed to be getting you're supposed to get married and have a kid that's something that's supposed mm. to happen and if it doesn't happen that's sad mm. like that's a that's mm. a, that happens that people don't have get married and have kids but that's a that's a problem it's like it, it, they yeah. they don't they're not happy about it you right. know like i'm very blessed to be mm-hmm. <laughs> fertile <laughs> nice dude apparently more fertile than i thought but like it's um you can't you can't say that to uh, a modern world because mm-hmm. they'll be like, well, that's that's uh, that's uh, backwards, mm-hmm. you know. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm also reading Wendell Berry right now, which is probably why I'm also like, yeah, you're really start you're really starting that community, huh? I well, yeah, I kind of have to. I um, um I I've been thinking about it, and I don't think I'm gonna move to the the Oklahoma one. <laughs> I thought this was already decided. Sorry. <laughs> what do you mean? No, I was I was listening to the podcast. What new information is brought to light that's made you decide to reject me now in this way on the as podcast opposed to before? Because I was thinking about it, I was like, I was like, man, like I would love to go like be a part of like a self sustaining community in Oklahoma with my buddy Ethan. But I was like, man, it was the, it was part of the part of the pod, the New Polity podcast. They were talking about like the land. You're supposed to have a relationship with the land, mm-hmm. um, and I don't have a relationship with the land in Oklahoma. Or in Steubenville or in Pittsburgh. I have a sure. relationship with the land in Melbourne because that land is where my grandfather is. Like right now. He's in that's there. True. And I was I don't like have any family down here. No, I think that's true. But like I'm I'm just I'm very dedicated to I had a very solid community in high school. I found out a bunch of my friends are moving back to Melbourne. And I was like, No, this do is the good. Thing. This is do good. The thing. I was like, let's let's do this. Like, let's all move back. And like, because I remember leaving my my high school youth group community, and I was like, oh, I want to like stay, but I'm like, this is I, this is I gotta move on because like this is that was high school. And it's, I'm like, no, I'm looking back. I'm like, you idiot. No, you should have stuck around. Screw college. You know, y'all should have stuck around and hung you're gonna out. Be the, you're gonna be the guy that kept coming back to youth group in college. No, 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 not to youth group to each other. Yeah, 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 not to high school youth group to each other. I, for one, am glad that you went to the Franciscan University of Sioux. Me too. You know what this week was? It was, it was the four year anniversary of our live show in the Louis Liz Lemon Lounge. <laughs> That's right. It was. Yeah. Wow. It came, it popped up on Facebook. Oh yeah. <laughs> How handy! I made a really funny joke in that episode. Do you remember what it was? No. It was pretty funny. You were talking about um, <laughs> uh, Manichaeism, like the heresy. Sure. And I said, I think I have mannequinism. And you're like, what is that? And I said, I get freaked out whenever I go into Kohl's <laughs> <laughs> or something like that. It was pretty good. That is good. Uh, yeah. So I be more human. The podcast be more human. Just learn and realize that if nothing else, I want this podcast, not this individual episode, but like our podcast as a whole to help people realize that they've been sold a false bill of goods. Yes. Like they've been told something about their life. You've been scammed all the way down to like this Oreo cookie is good for you all the way up to like the, the election for the president is the most important thing that ever Ever. can happen. Like, like everything about like this technology is going to save you and the new phone, the new, this, the new, that like all of it is just a lie. Like all of it is just false. And it just, 
when you see it holistically, you see how Satan is the father of the lies. And then you connect that with how Satan is the prince of this world. And you're like, okay, this is starting to make a lot of sense. Because, and I'm not trying to be doom and gloom or anything, but just learning how to think with the mind of the church about everything. And not, it's not a partisan thing. It's not a political thing. It's not an ideological thing. It is a, how can I be the most human? And like how, the most human as... Yeah, everything everything from, sorry. I'm, I'm, no, just let me finish my thought. Yeah. As Jesus tells me what humanity is. Yes. Like as, as Jesus reveals what humanity truly is mm-hmm. in the incarnation. Yeah. Is that how I'm viewing my life? Because when you think about it, like, how would Jesus live? How would Jesus have friends? What would he eat? When would he go to bed? You know, when he worked, how did he work? Like, it's just all the way down to the other thing that they were talking about, like offices and like the times of the day. Like, we're actually not meant to just sit in the same room all day, temperature controlled with constant lighting. <laughs> Eight hours a day, 40 hours a week, 50 weeks a year. Like, that just isn't human. So, like, can we be more human in every aspect, not in just the aspects that are more acceptable to us, mm-hmm. and not in the not in the ways that are like lifestyley? Like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, isn't it so cottage core mm-hmm. that I'm growing my own herbs? You know what I mean? Yes, it is, but that's not why you should do it. Yeah, it's super cool that you're growing your own friggin' tomatoes, but it's also difficult, and sometimes you're bad at it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just, and that's part yeah. of being human. And I like what they talk about. It's not this. It's not this. Like, it's not this liberalite this liberalized um, noble savage or like independence from the grid, quote unquote. It's like, it's an interdependence. It's a human interdependence. You know, the seven habits of highly effective post-liberals. I, yes. Anyway. Yeah. I think in summation, (laughs) please, um be more human and recognize that everything in this world is trying to get you to not be human i mean most of the yeah most of the things in this world are trying to get us to not be human yeah the modern the modern world is just incredibly pagan yeah oh my gosh we were like like super pagan he, dr jones brought this point up at classes he was like he was like how are uh how are idols not? Um, how is idolatry not? Uh, okay, so one of the uh, one of the the uh, the incoherences of modernity is that they they have absolutized nature and culture. Okay, get this. You're gonna have to follow this. I'm listening. They believe we believe that nature and culture are both transcendent and imminent. And by this, I mean we believe nature and culture are both uncontrollable and given. And that they're that they're um, that they're controllable by us. So we at the same time we believe that like science is science, but we also believe that like we can force nature to do what we want it to do. You know, we mm-hmm. believe that sex is is assigned at birth, but we also and it's biological, but we also believe that we can change our bodies. You know, right. um, we believe that culture is transcendent and imminent. We believe that culture is something that we control, um, but we also believe that like society is oppressing us. You know. Um, whether that's the right or the left, both of you believe this. Uh, and so one of the incoherences of modernity is that, is this belief that nature and culture are both transcendent and imminent. I think this is just idolatry. Mm -hmm. This nature is both transcendent and imminent. This idol is 
God, but mm-hmm. also we can sacrifice it and make it rain tomorrow. Right. It, this um this 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 empire that we have built is bigger than all of us. It's it is it is the most important thing. It is God. And the glory of Rome is how we're going to live forever. You know that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, modernity is just uh, pr- is just pre modern paganism, just um, with extra steps, <laughs> with mm-hmm. with with a grander scale. Um, yeah. Anyway, the real the the be be more human is, I guess, a politically correct way of saying be Christian, because Christians are the most authentically human. We're the human people. There are. Yeah. We're the biggest, best freaking Christianity is freaking awesome. So we're so good at it. No, precisely. We're bad at it, and we're bad at it. But we're able to we're able to understand why we're bad at it. Whereas liberalism can't understand why people aren't liberal. They have no clue why the project fails. Yeah, they don't understand it from the inside. No, but Christianity understands why the church fails because we're sinners, right? Right. And because we look at the crucifix every day, we're like, frick, that is, that's the solution, you know. And like every day that I fall short of that, that's like my the stick with which to measure myself. There's no way, there's no crucifix of liberalism. Like no. there's no, there's no measuring stick. There's no way it's like, look, there's no fixed point because every liberal is illiberal in some way. Mm-hmm. Like there's nobody that is perfectly, Jesus Christ was the perfect, perfectly God and perfectly man. Mary was perfectly man, woman. Well, Do you think we should start using the term modern instead of liberal? I don't know. Uh, I mean, I think it's my, it might Liberal be more. Liberal is a little loaded. Yeah, it is because it's like you have this like left-right paradigm thing. I mean, when I talk about what most people consider liberals, I say progressive liberals versus conservative liberals. Because I, mm. I think they're the same. They're, the, they're under the yeah. same umbrella. So Maybe we should use modern. Because it's just easier to. That's what my, that's what my wife was telling me. I, I was telling her the other day how the state doesn't exist. She's like, what do you mean? <laughs> I'm just imagining you kidnapping Phoebe for a dinner conversation. Be like, listen, you don't understand. The state doesn't exist. It's not real. It's it's, it's fake. Then Phoebe's like, Pat, but Patrick, is it whom t- do I pay my who do I pay my taxes? No, no, to? no. The government exists. The state doesn't. <laughs> That's unironically opinion that I have. I'll, I'll tell you about it. Yeah. But okay. um, and she was like, what if you said it a different way? And I was like, no, 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 no. This is the way to say it. Because <laughs> it grabs people's attention. She's like, if you want to grab people's attention, I guess it makes sense to do it like that. And I was like, yeah. You can't treat your whole life like you're a writer trying to get a headline to get people to buy a newspaper off of a newsstand. The state doesn't exist. You yes. could all say sovereignty, state sovereignty. Reagan shot. Ronald Reagan was shot. I know. Uh, when he was president. Reagan so shot was... on camera walking out of the White House yesterday. <laughs> Reagan shot. His next film coming out in the yeah. 1953. Uh, an attempt has been made on Pope Francis's life, but he recovered his cereal from the Swiss Guard. <laughs> cereal? Life cereal. Ah, An life. attempt was made on Pope Francis's life. I saw that from Twitter. I saw that a while ago. There was, a, there was an article that I saw that I was going to do for Pittsburgh News, but just the headline was funny. It was like, uh, in a shocking move, $35 million... Um, I don't know, uh, electric car plant moving from Pittsburgh to Maryland. And I was like, why is, why is there this really expensive plant that grows? You know, is why I was going to do a joke. I forgot what it was. Patrick, we're in the podcast. I'm about to pass out from uh, <laughs> podcast overdose. <laughs> I have a hypertension headache right now. Oh no. You got to stop eating all those saturated fats. Well, I haven't drank any water in the last four hours. So that could be contributing. That'll get you. Yeah. I've been watching the Batman this whole time. You have no, you have no <laughs> I'm really good at, at uh, multitasking. Multitasking. 
tell me um, anything we need to know. No. Your baby's coming. We've got to pray. Got to pray for, for the baby. baby. Send us, pray for Phoebe. <laughs> send us gifts if you want. I don't really. Pat, Ernity, leave coming up. Get ready for the 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 era of Ethan is coming up, and it's gonna be electric. So prepare yourself. Buckle up, send boys. in some send in some suggestions for what we should do for the era of Ethan. Uh, we're gonna start a Discord channel that is just us and me and you without Patrick. It's just gonna it's be. Gonna there's be... Gonna, you're gonna start a new Discord role that's Ethan, and it's only you and yeah, only. It's just. <laughs> Only you're in the chat. Yeah, I'm very excited. Patreon.com slash the crunch. Twitter.com slash the crunchcast. Discord link in description. Patrick, do you have anything else for the people? In honor of, what was the guy's name again? The doctor from the American Health Association. Dr. Keys. In honor of Dr. Keys, why don't you just go have a pound of saturated fat for me eat a stick of butter like a banana thank you all for listening please pray for us we'll be praying for you and we'll see you all next week mother's day is almost here And you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.